Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Good morning. Good morning. How are we all doing? Are we good? Yes. Yeah, good. A lot of smiling faces this morning. Great news. Well, this morning we're going to be continuing our Choose series. I've actually left my clicker over here, so let me grab that. We're going to be continuing our Choose series, looking at worship. And I'm personally really enjoying this series. I said a couple of weeks ago that I do have a real passion for worship. I love worship. I I particularly have a passion for using music in worship. I love it and I really feel like I could express my worship to God with music. And yeah, I absolutely love it. But I've really enjoyed looking at these different aspects, different ways that we can worship God. And I'm going to be looking a little bit more at that this morning about different ways that we can worship God throughout our week. The aim of this series is that we would become better worshippers, that we would be better worshippers. And what I mean by that is not that we would be better at our Sunday morning band would sound better or that we'd sing louder or there'd be more hands in the air or anything like that. What we mean is that we would learn, each of us would learn to surrender and enter into a deeper intimacy with God. That we'd learn to enter into a deeper intimacy with God in all areas of our lives. And I believe that as we become better worshippers, we grow closer to God. So over this series, we've looked at what worship is. We've distinguished Uh, between worship, this everyday obedience to God, this life devoted to God, and specific intentional moments of adoration towards God, specific moments of love towards God, acts of love and adoration. And we've looked also at how within these moments of adoration, uh, in these moments of giving worship, giving adoration to God, we seek to praise him and give him thanks, and we also seek to encounter his presence. And we seek, in doing this, over the last couple of weeks, we've highlighted and looked at how through surrendering to him and through giving him our worship, through entering into his presence, we seek intimacy with God. And for me, That really is the goal of worship, that when we worship God through glorifying him, through giving him praise, through giving him our thanks, the goal is that we will have intimacy with a creator who longs for intimacy with us. And that's my aim when I worship God. I want to give him all the thanks, all the praise, give him the glory and have intimacy with my creator who longs for intimacy with me. And we've spoken over the last couple of weeks, haven't we, a bit more about intimacy. About Simon spoke last week about how intimacy involves being truly seen and truly seeing. Being truly seen by God. 
And when we talk about intimacy, we are talking about a real closeness with God, a personal, affectionate, deep, real relationship. A moment that is emotional, physical, spiritual and intellectual. And intimacy is not something that we can rush. Intimacy, and, and this is why we spend quite a bit of time, I know we've said it throughout, um, throughout this series, but this is why we spend quite a bit of time singing in, in sung worship to God uh, on a Sunday morning. We spend about 20 to 30 minutes doing it because we can't rush intimacy with God. Intimacy requires time. And intimacy, one thing I want to talk about today, is intimacy requires frequency. Intimacy requires frequency. This morning I want to talk a little bit about that. About how worshipping God is not a once a week thing. I want to talk about worshipping God in the private. Encountering him in the secret place. Having intimacy with our God every day of the week, every hour of the day. And I think the first hurdle for us when we look at private worship, when we look at intimacy throughout the week, I think the first hurdle is recognising that intimacy with God is not limited to a Sunday morning. And for some of us, that, that's really obvious that's really natural but for others actually we may think it but actually do we act that out we may think it but do we really know it the intimacy with God is not limited to a Sunday morning it's not limited to when we come together to worship him it's not limited to corporate worship instead Our worship together on a Sunday morning should, the goal is that it overflows into worship throughout the week. Our Sunday worship should overflow into our week of giving our worship to God, of having intimacy with God, of encountering God's presence. I heard a story once of a man who went to a church every week. He went to this church every week, quite a charismatic church. And every week he'd walk in the building and as soon as the service started, he'd interrupt it and he'd go, God, fill me. And then he'd seemingly encounter God, fall on the floor, and that would be the rest of the service. But after the service, he'd walk out of the church building and he'd start to spread hate. He'd show no compassion. He was bullying those around him. And then next week, church comes up again. And he turns up, he stands in the middle of the church building and he says, God, fill me. And again, he seemingly has this encounter and falls on the floor and that's church over for that day. And then again, the next week, after Another week of spreading hate, showing no compassion and bullying those around him. He does it again. God, fill me again. He encounters God seemingly, falls on the floor. And eventually there was a lady who was part of the church. She was starting to get a bit annoyed by this man. 
was starting to get a bit annoyed by how he was seemingly having this amazing encounter, yet during the week, nothing was changing. That during the week, he was still being such a horrible person that he was showing no compassion and bullying. And she decided she was going to do something about it. So the next week, he turned up and he said, God, fill me. To which she replied, God, please don't. He leaks. I'm not sure if that's actually a true story, but there's one thing in this that's true. In a sense, we all leak. We all leak a little. And what I mean by that is I've had times, I don't know about you, but I've had times where I've had a real encounter with the Spirit of God. I've been fired up to serve God in a certain way or do something particular for God. And then in a matter of weeks, I've lost my passion for it. I had this moment where I was so fired up after an encounter with God, but after just a couple of weeks, I'd lost the clarity of it. I started to doubt, did, was that actually me in that moment? Was I making it all up? I lost the clarity that I had from the encounter. Sometimes, even in the space of a week, the precious moment that we had with Jesus last Sunday can start to feel a bit like a vague memory. The relationship that may have felt intimate just a couple of weeks ago can start to feel oddly distant. But the good news is, and what I want to look at this morning, is... We can have intimacy with God wherever we are because his spirit is not limited to the church building. We can have intimacy with God wherever we are because his spirit is not limited. In the Old Testament, God resided, he lived in the temple. In fact, you've heard it said before that his address would have started the Holy of Holies in the sanctuary tabernacle. And for anyone to encounter God in the Old Testament, they had to go through these certain rules, through these cleansing rituals. Even then, only the holiest of people would be able to enter his presence. And even then, some of them did not come out alive. See, God is so holy. And because of that, no one could experience his presence. However, when Jesus rose from the dead... He rose from the dead and our sin and our dirtiness was cleansed in order that we can encounter God as we are, wherever we are. And because of this, God was no longer confined to the temple. In fact, his new address are in the names in this room. God's new home on earth through his spirit is in me and you. So wherever we are, whether we're at church or at home, at work or outside, we can encounter the presence of God. We can have intimacy with our Father because he is with us. And that's why when Jesus spoke in John 16, he said that, the disciples, he said, you'll be better off without me because when I go, I'll be sending my spirit 
And what Jesus is saying here is, I can only be with you a certain amount of time. I can only speak to a certain amount of people at once. I can only be with these people. I can't be with everyone in the world at one time. But you'll be better off when I go. Because when I go, I'm going to send my spirit to be with you, who's not confined to being around you, not confined to how many people that uh, Jesus can humanly be around. But instead, he can be, the spirit can be with everyone wherever, all at once. You'll be better off with the Spirit because when you have the Spirit, he will always be with you. So this means wherever we are, we can encounter God. We can have intimacy with him at church or at home, at work or on a walk. And in the Bible, we're encouraged to have intimacy with God in the private. Matthew 6, uh, in Matthew 6, we read about Jesus talking, uh, Jesus talks about the benefits of spending time in prayer with God in private. I love the message version of this, which says this. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. Let me read that one more time. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play or fake it before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense his grace. See, in this passage, what Jesus is doing is he's, he's kind of calling out those in uh, those around him who were trying to get a reputation as being righteous. They were kind of praying as a kind of performance for people to watch. It was all about how they looked. And I want to speak really quickly, really briefly to those of us that lead worship in any form or any setting, whether musically or not, whether on a Sunday or in small group. One of the risks of modern musical worship, and by modern, I kind of mean parallels to uh, like a band you might go see at a venue, the same kind of style, is that these moments can easily become a bit performance-like. It's about sounding good. It can easily feel like it's about sounding good rather than being with God. And if the only time in the week is uh, where you worship God is when you're in front of people with your instrument leading them, then it's very difficult for there not to be an aspect of performance on it. However, if leading worship is an overflow of the time that you had with God in the private, it's so much easier to lead from a place of surrender in thanksgiving. It's our private worship that stops our public worship being a performance. But this call to private worship is not just for musicians or worship leaders. When we worship God in the private, we can enter into this deep sense of intimacy with him. Because it's just us 
and God. No distractions. No one can hear us other than God. It's so pure because it's so intentional. Yes, there's always a choice when we worship God. We have a choice on a Sunday morning when the band are leading us in worship, whether we really step into that worship or we kind of zone out. There is a choice always involved. But choosing to worship God in the private is another level of choice. It's a giving of ourselves. It's a giving of our time. And as we've said throughout this series, as we give ourselves to God, he meets with us. In Dane Ortland's book, uh, Gentle and Lowly, it says this. I love this. Oh, I don't have it. I did this last time I I said something was going to be up there and it wasn't. It says this. In the Gospels, we see Jesus moves towards, touches, heals, embraces, and forgives those who least deserve it and yet truly desire it. I'll read that again because you don't have it on the screens. In the Gospels, we see Jesus moves towards, touches, heals, embraces, and forgives those who least deserve it and yet truly desire it. When we choose to worship God in the private, we're showing God that we really desire his presence and that we really want to show him how worthy we think he is. I love that last line in this Matthew 6, 6 Uh, couple of verses this last line says that when we do this the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace that's what we want isn't it when we worship God we don't want to be thinking about anything but God and we want to sense his grace his intimacy his love See, private worship was foundational, was the foundation to many great people in the Bible that we read about. If you read the book of Daniel from uh, where Daniel, who was kept alive in the lion's den, you see a man who was seemingly fueled by his private prayer and worship. Three times a day, he shuts himself in his room and he prays to God. He worships God. He has intimacy with God. And we see that it's this time, these times of intimacy in the private that fuel his boldness, his boldness to speak out against the regime that he was in. It gives him courage. And ultimately, we see that God gave him favour in the lion's den. And even Jesus, even Jesus throughout his life needed moments. He decided to go away for moments, for opportunities of privacy. Moments to adore the Father and to rest in his presence. He often went away from the busyness of life to have a moment with the Father to have this moment of intimacy. And if Jesus needed these private moments with God, how much more so 
do we need them? See, if we want to be disciples of Jesus, if we want to live as followers of Jesus, we cannot do it alone. We need to be constantly filled by his Holy Spirit. Paul tells uh, the followers uh, of Jesus to keep on being filled by the Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. Sometimes we can get this idea, I don't know really where it comes from, but sometimes Christians have this idea that once you're filled with the Spirit, then you're done. That's it. You've been filled by the Spirit and now go on and live your life. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Paul says, keep on being filled with the Spirit. And in Acts 13, verses, uh, verse 52, it says that the, the disciples were continuously filled. The, con- the disciples were continuously filled. So after Pentecost, they were filled at Pentecost. And then just weeks later, they needed to be filled with the Spirit again to have that fresh sense of boldness. They needed to have this moment of intimacy with God, of infilling of his spirit in order that they could go on and be effective. Being in God's presence is our fuel. Being in God's presence is our water. I don't know if you've heard of Brother Lawrence, um, but Brother Lawrence was really famous in the 1600s for being someone who was a practitioner of God's presence. And he said a really lovely quote about this. He said, I cannot imagine how religious persons can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. I cannot imagine how religious persons, followers of Jesus, can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. Over the last few weeks, we've looked at how God's presence flows from adoration. He inhabits, the psalm says, he lives in our praises. And therefore, giving God our praise Our worship and adoration throughout the week is essential to our spiritual health. We need to be constantly filled by his spirit. And he lives in our praise. Practicing the presence of God through giving him adoration is like watering the garden. It takes time. It might even take some effort. But without it, our spiritual energy may die and we'll struggle to produce the fruit that we were created to produce. I've got to be honest, I'm the worst person to talk about watering the garden. Um, Emma, Emma and I moved into our house just over a year ago. And when we moved in, my parents thought it would be really kind, and it was, to um, buy us a load of flowers and plant them for us, which was great. But sadly, we weren't very capable of keeping these flowers alive. Um, And just a year down the line, I'm ashamed to admit, 
that we didn't manage to keep any of the flowers alive, and the flowers have been replaced with stones, and um, even our grass has been replaced by astroturf. So, being totally honest, I know, naughty me, I know, I know. Being totally honest, we didn't feel like we had the time or energy to maintain the flowers or even this small patch of grass that we had. And in the same way, we might often feel like we don't have the time or energy to worship God throughout our week. We can be happy with the bare minimum because we don't have the energy or time to do any more. Sunday worship can become enough for us as we can't fit in any more worship into our busy lives. We want the life without the lifestyle. And this is the story of my approach to the gym. I'm very much like that with the gym. Every so often you see someone, I would see someone who clearly works out a lot. They're pretty trim, they're muscly, and I think, oh, I'd like to get myself in shape like that. So I'll start going to the gym. And a few years ago, I took this really seriously. I actually contacted a um, personal trainer and asked them to send me a six-week workout plan. So he sent me this workout plan, and it took about 30 seconds of me looking at this plan before I realized I didn't want to get in shape after all. (laughs) I was happy with the shape I was in, I think. Six weeks of, of what was sent to me was not fun. But we can often be a bit like that with God. We want to have the encounters with him. We want to experience his presence. We want to sense his spirit. We want to hear his voice without sacrificing any of our time to practice these things. And it's important that we remind ourselves that following Jesus is something that we do, not just something that we believe. See, God is so gracious, and he meets with us in spite of our lack of effort sometimes. But maybe it's worth rearranging our schedule in order to fit in times of worship and adoration. We live really busy lives, don't we? It's the, it, probably the busiest, well, according to a lot of uh, reports, it's the busiest time to be alive. And it's easy to distract ourselves so much in the busyness that we kind of forget the things that are really important. In Psalm 27... It says this, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I think this is a great prayer for our lives, that we remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, that we seek to be constantly filled by the Holy Spirit over and over again, that we may dwell, rest in his presence, that we may see his beauty each day. See, this description, it describes a lifestyle, a lifestyle of adoration towards God. So I guess the question we need to ask is, how can we live this lifestyle out? How can we worship God in the private? 
How can we bring moments of adoration and thanksgiving into our weeks? How can we seek to encounter the presence of God when we're by ourselves? See, we need to remember that worshipping God is simply giving him this intentional moment of adoration. And through these moments of adoration, we seek to encounter his presence. But how do we do that in our daily lives? Well, I want to just finish this morning by giving five ways that we can worship God in the private. And I'd love to challenge us all this week to try each of these five ways out. You may have not worshipped God in some of these ways before, but this week, I'm going to, Monday to Friday, I'm going to choose these five, these five things. I'm going to choose one a day and do each of them through those five days. And I want to invite you all to join me in doing that, in practicing worshipping God in new ways and practicing worshipping God in the private. So as I go through these, I will put them on the screen. And if you're a note taker, great. But if not, at the end, when all five are on, you might want to take a little photo of the screen at the end and um, with all five on to remember what these five ways of worshipping God that we're going to try out this week are. So the first way is the most obvious way and a way that we've all done uh, before because we were here this morning. The first way is worship God through music. As we've looked throughout these weeks, throughout the Bible, God is worshipped constantly through music, through instruments being played, through psalms being sung, through, um, through a variety of instruments put together and singing. If you play an instrument, you can use this instrument on your own to worship God. Maybe find some music of a worship song and play along, uh, play your, your instrument along with it. Invite God into the music and focus on the richness of the words that go alongside the music. But for a lot of us, we don't play an instrument and we don't, we're not, um, we wouldn't call ourselves musical. Or maybe you don't like singing. But worship through music is still for you. Worshipping through music is for all of us. There's so many easy ways nowadays to access um, worship songs. You can even just go on YouTube or on your phone or if you have any CDs to listen to a worship song on your computer or on your phone. And you don't even need to sing along. Why don't you just sit and reflect on the words? Allow the melody to speak to you as you focus on God in this moment. And ask God to meet with you through the music as you give him praise. You could even head over to uh, Riverside's YouTube channel and, and watch a worship set from lockdown if you wanted to. But the first way is worshipping God with music. The second way uh, that I'm going to be worshipping God this week and that I want to invite you to join is worship God through nature. This kind of worship is focusing on giving God thanks and glory as creator. One of the songs that I love that we sometimes sing 
on a Sunday morning has a verse that says this. It's, I love this verse. I see your face in every sunrise. The colours of the morning are inside your eyes. How true is it that through creation we can see God's beauty? A great way to worship God through nature in the private is to go for a walk by yourself. It doesn't need to be long. It can be 10 minutes if that's all the time you have. But as you walk, as you walk through nature, notice different things. Notice the trees. Notice the colours. Notice the sky. And thank God for each thing as you go through it. Drink in his beauty and the beauty of creation and let God whisper to you as you reflect on his power. The third way of worshipping this week is worshipping God intellectually. And worshipping God intellectually is about focusing on a specific aspect of who God is. And maybe once you've chosen this specific characteristic that you want to worship God for. You might want to read a chapter in a book about it, or you might want to Google that characteristic and find out more about why God is given that characteristic. Or maybe find a passage in the Bible that talks of this particular characteristic with God. Something I do quite often if I'm worshipping God in this way is I like to Google a specific characteristic of God and, and Google, what I'll, what I'll type into Google is, for example, if it was healer, I'd say God healing in the Bible. And you'll get loads of different passages where you see healing moments in the Bible. And you can go through different passages in the Bible and really focus on that one characteristic. What does that mean? And what does it mean about who God is? Allow God to speak to you about this specific aspect of his character. Because the more we understand his characteristics, the more we can't help but give him praise. The fourth way of worshipping God this week is worship God creatively. For some people, this may be a really difficult way and feel quite vulnerable to worship God in this way. And for others, it might feel second nature. But we've all been given a God-given creativity. And we're urged to use our creativity given by God to give him praise. So to give you some examples of what that might look like, maybe you can write your own psalm to God or a poem to God. Or maybe it's by drawing something. Or maybe it's using another creative gift that God has given you. This one is really out of my comfort zone. Um, To be honest, it's not a way that I would usually choose to worship God. But because of that, I'm really excited to do it this week. Because worship isn't about what I want, but about giving myself to God. So even though this way for me feels quite difficult and maybe even a little bit cringy because it's so unlike me, I want to choose to give God, my worship in this way this week. Finally, worship God silently. This is another way of worshiping God that I am absolutely rubbish at. 
I do not do silence very well in the slightest. But in this way of worshipping, we try to clear our thoughts. We focus on Jesus and we sit and wait for an infilling of his presence. Try to turn away from any distractions around you and let God lead your thoughts. Let his spirit lead where you are going in your worship. In doing this, we're seeking his spirit to take the lead. It might require patience, but this can be one of the most powerful ways of worshipping God as we follow the leading of his spirit. So these are the five ways. So if you haven't taken a photo and you want to do so, then do take a photo of that. And I just want to really encourage us all to try these, new, these different ways of worshipping God out. Worship him in the private and worship him in different ways. And approach God in your worship with a holy expectancy. Expecting that we will meet with Jesus and that we will encounter his presence. There's nothing to lose in doing this, but there's so much to gain. And why don't we even ask God for a double portion of his spirit? It's a biblical thing to ask. Ask God for a double portion of his spirit as we lean into adoration towards him this week. I want to pray now, and as I pray, if the worship team can come up and lead us afterwards in a time of worship. I just want to pray that God will really, firstly, that he'll really help us to actually do this. That it won't just be something that I speak about, we go away and don't do. But something that we remember to do and that we want to do. But also I want to pray that we'll receive this double portion of his spirit this week. That as we worship him in the private, we'll know his presence, we'll sense his spirit. So let me pray. God, thank you that through Jesus' death and resurrection, we can worship you wherever we are. Thank you that we can worship you as we are. That we don't need to go through a load of cleansing rituals, but that You'll take us as we are and you'll meet with us. And God, as we seek to worship you in the private this week, I pray that we'll sense your spirit in a new way, in an intimate way. That we'll sense the intimacy of it just being you and us. Lord, I pray that you help us all to uh, have the motivation. Yeah, Lord, give us the motivation to do this. And Lord, I just pray that for those uh, of these five ways of worshipping, for those ways that don't feel quite so much like us, that don't feel um, natural, Lord, I just pray that you'll really help us to be so engrossed with giving you praise that anything else is forgotten. Lord, we just want to give you the worship and we want to encounter you. So, Lord, will you meet with us in amazing ways this week as we worship you? Thank you that you are so worthy of our praise. And thank you that you choose to meet with us as we are.
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.